Welcome back to the Big Bad Beetle Bros. I'm Cam. I'm Ryan. And uh, that's it. Yes. <laughs> no one else has ever been a Beetle Bro. It has only been us two. We're retconning. <laughs> I mean, uh, the spooky Halloween stuff's happened. Now we're missing the third Beetle Bro. How many more can we get in there? <laughs> Children of the night. <laughs> One little child. Ah, uh, ah, uh, ah. Uh. No little children. Uh, uh. Oh, wait. Oh, no. <laughs> CPS comes to PBS. <laughs> oh, that worked. Um, yeah, so we're here for a uh, uh, somewhat impromptu, but a... a, a uh, uh, Just fucking say it already! Halloween special, if you will. It is the super well-planned since the dawn of time. We were waiting for this episode all our lives. Halloween extravaganza trademark copyright. Yep. It's definitely as well thought out <laughs> as the one we did last year where we got a poster made for it. Yeah. <laughs> that was a good poster. Yeah, it was a really good poster. I mm -hmm. still... I didn't get it cut very well for the eh. frame that I got, but it, it's, it's just a, a weird poster. aspect ratio. It fits with the vibe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's the problem with you when you have a poster designed for um, movie poster proportions, mm -hmm. and then you realize that if you print that at any other scale than movie poster, <laughs> it will not work. <laughs> but you also don't want to re-edit the whole fucking thing, right? Uh, so anyway, today we watched Attack of the Mutant. It's a Goosebumps episode from season two. Two-parter. It's a two-parter. Yep. Uh, it's a Goosebumps season two, episode uh, two and three. I remember... So I, we're both Goosebumps dorks. Like, yeah. I think Nick is too. I think, I think like, most people who uh, are fans of Beetleborgs probably also grew up in the same... If you're a fan of Beetleborgs because you grew up in that era, you're probably a fan of... Goosebumps. They feed off the same vibe. Yeah. Yeah. They were both tapping into. I mean, there were a handful. There was like Erie, Illinois was another show that I think was a little bit later than Goosebumps. It's pronounced Erie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I can't I can't remember how many other ones. I mean, there was like there were obviously like, like Tales from the Crypt and stuff. Are that you were afraid less, of dark? Yeah. Which they just had a reboot of. They did. Yeah. Like, it's on Disney Plus. I think. Yeah. It's good. It is. Uh, well, I mean, okay. good. it's good. It's <laughs> it's like. Uh, effects and writing wise, it's a, a step above Goosebumps, the original like Goosebumps seasons. Mm -hmm. um, but it's it's still not like on par with say your average classic Twilight Zone episode. Oh, okay. Like it's it's very like it's fairly predictable in their Wait, plot points. So you're telling me that the uh, acting is nowhere near... Because this is... This the acting is actually the better well, part. Well, the best part about Twilight Zone, specifically the Shatner episodes, oh, were the acting. Yeah. You know, like, how... Okay, how can you top? There's something on the wing. <laughs> Some thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's... Like, the acting was like commendable for like a Disney, okay. Disney original. Like it, I would say it was like, it was um, above, it, it was like Goosebumps, but with the writing, like each episode felt like it had the like writing and budget and everything of a Disney original movie. Okay. Uh, so like Under Wraps and... Um, My Mom's Dating a Vampire. 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> all those kind of kind of shows. Um, the Halloween Town movies, mm-hmm. like all of those. It felt more on par with those, but like very modern. The effects were much better practical and digital like it was it all worked out a lot better okay. um, but the plot lines were all very like they were even more predictable than your average goosebumps uh, book or, or, or tv show or movie which that sucks because as we were talking about one of the coolest things about goosebumps is like some of them have like these really great twists mm-hmm. like it was before we were all spoiled by m night Shyamalan and his fall from grace <laughs> yeah yeah it, it's very like the, the goosebumps twists are very in the vein of the twilight zone twist mm-hmm. where they would not, they wouldn't always have one and it, it wouldn't always like a lot of the times it would just like keep the thrill going. And sometimes it'd just be like this random off the wall, like, Oh, they were in a snow globe the whole time yeah. or whatever. Like, Oh, my friend is invisible. Do you remember that one? Yeah. Like, I'm not going to spoil it for any of you ghouls. And no. And I think out there. all of goosebumps, I think is on Netflix. Uh, all yeah, the original most series, of it, if not all of it, and the specials like the mm-hmm. multi-part specials and movies yeah. like the haunted mask and stuff that and stay out of the basement. Yeah. All, all those were, I think are all on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Nickelodeon had a goosebumps esque show that was, that was like, are you afraid of the dark? But it was, it was an RL Stein production. Yeah. Like, um, freak street or something like that yeah there, there was a there might have been a couple that were R, other rl stein shows uh that were very much in this vein of young adult horror fiction uh which like i the mean haunting hour yeah that's the one i was thinking of i remember yeah. watching like the first haunting hour special that they put on because mm-hmm. i think we might have been in high school or middle school when that yeah. came out maybe um i remember that being really good um, it, it probably wasn't, but I remember <laughs> enjoying it. Yeah. Uh, which I, I mean, like, I remember watching like 13 Days of Halloween on ABC, yeah. which I think now is on Freeform. Yeah. Um, and they don't really do original movies with it anymore. They used to be like every year there was an ABC original movie, and they were always like crazy campy with no budget. Mm-hmm. And uh, Nickelodeon would do usually an R.L. Stein movie coming out around the same time or show or series. Um, but yeah, this, this is season two, basically the, it's, it's episode two and three of season two. It came out in 1996. Which is, we coincidentally, the, you know, 96, it's the same year that Beetleborgs started. Mm-hmm. Um, we kind of, we're trying to figure out what we we're going to watch. Just the two of us and found goosebumps on Netflix and we're like, Oh fuck. Yeah. And then yeah. started scrolling through and the whole first season we could pretty much like, we're like, Oh, it's like, damn it. We can quote these movies, yeah. <laughs> these episodes. Cause we read the books and watched the shows. Then we got to season two and like the second episode is attack of the mutant. And we're like, mm-hmm. I remember that, but not enough. Which see, I like the book cover is completely foreign to me. I think I, I tuned into like one scene of this when it was on TV, but largely I don't remember this at all, which is surprising. Yeah. Because it has one of the best actors in all of Hollywood as uh, a small part that you yeah. wouldn't expect. Yeah. Mainly because he's... Wait, is he Canadian? Uh, I'll let you look that up while, okay. I, while I get into it. Um, I don't know. Oh, uh, yeah. So this is part one and two of Attack of the Mutant. We went ahead and just watched both of them. They're, you know, 20-minute episodes. And, he's American. And, oh, okay. He's not even Canadian and he's in <laughs> the show. Uh, 
Yeah, this was another one of those shows that was like filmed largely in Canada. Oh yeah, um, if That's not entirely in Canada. Every kid's like every like a, a tenth line, you get a weird a boot or something. Yeah, like some slight slight twinge of an accent. You're like, wait a minute, as an American, I'm not totally on board with this anymore. <laughs> and this is a uh, this is another Fox Kids production. Uh, you know that all of the. Uh, Goosebumps TV series was on the Fox Kids block along with Power Rangers and um, uh, Ninja Turtles The Next Mutation and um, The Tick and Spider-Man the Animated Series, the, the like handful of Marvel animated shows. So, yeah, these are, uh, um, I guess, are the technically, if you count season one, they're the 21st and 22nd episodes of Goosebumps in general. Uh, and then season uh, episode two and three of season two, uh, they didn't I don't remember them splitting Goosebumps by seasons very clearly. I think mm-hmm. it just kind of kept going. Oh, pretty yeah, consistently. They're all so episodic. Yeah. Like it's not there. Uh, what's what's that called? Episodic uh, or uh, um, they're not serialized. Yeah, it's um, which like we're kind of used to because even like a sh- the most of the Saban shows were filmed to be um episodic and not or serialized and not mm-hmm. episodic where where you can um just tune in any episode and like yeah. with beetleborgs for the most part any episode you jump into if it's not a multi-parter you're fine and I think it wasn't really matter that came a lot uh i think that was like one of the staples of any kids centric show from like the 90s into the 2000s is like they were like all right if these kids can just tune in and not be confused by what's going on that's perfect and so like everything started doing that yeah well and it means the network can run it on a loop or like yeah. run it at any time and just run random episodes they don't have to worry about like i know that's that's one of the big reasons that like a lot of fun shows on disney will get canceled like the ducktales mm-hmm show is very like uh has a, a very like straightforward continuity between from episode to episode so it makes it hard for disney to justify putting it on tv because it's like okay we're still a little kid yeah, show because one episode you know scrooge is getting his nephews so then like all of a sudden they show one from three seasons from then and he's halfway into this weird amalgamation of a duck and david Tennant, and you're like what the fuck's going on? <laughs> or like um, Owl House is on Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. It's a really good show. If, if you guys haven't watched it, that's another Halloween-esque show. Made by uh, Alex Hirsch and his wife, mm-hmm. um, who uh, did Gravity Falls. Yeah. Uh, very uh, pro-LGBT, uh, despite Disney's best efforts. Yeah. So uh, And not like just like beating around the bush, hiding it in the corners kind of thing. Yeah. It's, it's very much like the main character ends up with a girlfriend and it's... It's very good. I think one of the characters has two dads, uh, I think, if I remember right. I've never actually watched it. Uh, Katie and I watched the whole. (laughs) So there's two seasons on on Disney Plus right now, and um, Disney effectively canceled it. Mm -hmm. And the third season is just going to be three like hour long specials or 45 minute long specials or so. Um, I follow the uh, the creative director and um, the animator for the whole for the show on Twitter. and, And there's a big push to get it actually more season it just had merch this month come out at hot topic (laughs) um so it's still like only hitting the public zeitgeist outside of like the people who already knew about it Mm -hmm. so it could in theory get a cult following and and especially because it's on disney plus like Mm -hmm. they could easily just make more seasons for disney plus and not have to worry about like oh no the replayability or whatever you can't do game plus this tv show
So this episode of Goosebumps is uh, it's, it's very apt for our show and for what we're used to. One of the reasons why we picked it. Yeah. It's, it's got some similar themes. Uh, yeah. Um, and explains them about as well as any episode of Beetleborgs does. Um, so it opens up with uh, we meet our main character, Skipper. Uh, that's his actual name, folks. His real name. As far as we know, that's his name is Skipper. His Matthews. parents call him that. His yeah. friends call him that. Strangers call him that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Skipper's. If you're gonna ask his his dad, he's addicted to comic books. Mm. Uh, he's he's so warped up into wrapped up into specifically um, the uh, galloping gazelle and masked mutant. Well, see, that's the weird thing. That's what threw me off at first. Is the comic series is the masked mutant. The first book we see in reading at the opening of the episode is The Galloping Gazelle. It starts off being Galloping Gazelle, and Masked Mutant is just the villain in those comics. But then every other comic they show after that is The Masked Mutant. Yeah, and I wonder if that's supposed to be, like, reality getting warped towards The Masked Mutant of, like, does does the change happen? Spoiler alert. There's a change where reality gets a bit wonky. (laughs) is one of the markers of the change. Like, did the writers put, was it that clever that it changes from the comic he reads being the galloping gazelle with the villain as the masked mutant mm-hmm. to a villain centric comic called the masked mutant. And he's fighting galloping gazelle, the good guy and a uh, galloping gazelle is, uh, we hear it. Um, there's like a narration Towards the opening, of, t- towards the yeah, beginning of it, the show. It's while he's reading the comic, it's it's like he's got the voices of yeah. their actors in his head. And, and we in get a, a really cool, um, it looks a lot like the kind of stuff we would see in Beetleborgs, where it's it's as if we're, we're looking through Skipper's eyes reading the comic. It's going from panel to panel of these, uh, they, they look hand-drawn. Um, they look like it was drawn by a, a, an art producer on set. Also not very organized, as if they weren't drawn by somebody who actually panels comics. out comics it's a gra- yeah it's just a graphic designer that got called into the office yeah. one day so i guess we're, we should be thankful that uh skipper's guiding us from panel to panel or else i don't know where we'd be yeah yeah the voice of uh galloping gazelle in this is adam west um 60s batman uh Catman, um uh, the Crim- mayor of quahog from yeah. family guy i was gonna say crimson chin but that's not right no um, crimson chin's greatest rival perhaps yeah uh, yeah, he's he's played various parodies of his kind of character for a long time. And uh, this was probably one of the earlier ones because 96 was probably before Catman. And yeah, and most of those were popping up. So Shit, when did the the Batman movie come out? That was like the one with a, him. Yeah, the, that was the, a lot West later and, uh, than the show. Ooh, that one. I don't know. Um, 66. OK, it wasn't that okay. much later. Okay, I thought it was like in the seventies. A couple or years, I think. Because um, I thought he looked way older. I know it did not do. Oh, well. Burt Ward's fat. I think Burt Ward died, or did Adam West die? Adam West died. Burt Ward is uh, seventy-six. Okay. Alive. I was Man, trying. To, he used to be so hot. <laughs> I was trying to. Well, he's like seventy something, isn't he? Or eighty something? Yeah, 76? but look, yeah. he's so fat. He's yeah, he's a big dude. Like he just looks like your average seventy-six-year-old. Look. <laughs> so cute yeah he was like probably 20 oh yeah when ne- he filmed next you're gonna tell me is uh leave it to beavers fat too <laughs> so uh yeah we get adam west narrating um this like little fight exchange 
and uh, the dad, Mr. Matthews, or well, I guess the mom walks in first and is like, Skipper, you really got to be doing your homework. Like, oh, yeah, you don't want him to catch you with those. Yeah. You think like Krampus is about to walk in and comic books are a sin or no. something. It's just his dad cosplaying his best classic Clark Kent. Hey, I I think uh, he um, pulls it off more as a George McFly. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's very George McFly. He's got he's got I think he actually had a pocket protector mm. in his shirt at one point. Yeah. Um, like slicked back black hair, big, thick glasses. Looked like he should have been in Revenge of the Nerds. Yeah. He uh, uh, keeps giving uh, Skipper a hard time about he's, you know, he's going to rot his brain with these comics. He needs to be paying attention to school. These are why his grades are so low. Yeah. And Skipper's like, I don't I don't just read the comics. I collect them. And he looks at his nightstand <laughs> and he's just got loose comics. A couple of them are, are bag and tagged, but most of them are just loose. Yeah. He's, he's just like grabbing through the pile to pick one out. Yeah. He's like, it's like the the uh, it, it's a parody of Silver Surfer, but it's called like Silver <laughs> I swiper or something like that. Yeah. I don't even know what it was. Silver something. And he holds it and he's like, this is a, a like first edition mint or whatever. Like, well, it was. And then you touched it. So yeah. <laughs> I don't, wash your hands, kid. I bet they're sticky. Like, <laughs> yeah. Calm down. And he's 12. So he's the same age as our Beetleborgs. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Hashtag not my Beetleborgs. <laughs> Hashtag not my Joe. <laughs> hey, that works on a lot of levels, I guess. <laughs> so, um, yeah, the dad just like hates comics. That's a through line through the whole thing. Is that mm-hmm. he, he blames all of the problems with his son on these comics. Yeah, um, not his shitty parenting, but no, it's the comics that which comes through. Kids. Like both of the parents being kind of like shitheads mm-hmm. and like bad parents which, comes through yeah, a lot. I think so, that's common in Goosebumps movies. Oh yeah. But, uh, I, so he has a Wolverine cutout in his room. Yeah, fucking um, huge Wolverine cutout, yeah, which is like, definitely a Fox Kids prop that they have uh-huh. on hand from a convention or something. Yeah, so like his parents condoned him getting this. Uh, he has comic memorabilia like up on the walls everywhere. Yeah, probably supported by his is, parents. Is a comic thing, and yeah, like, he, he's twelve years old. He doesn't have a fucking job, right? Like, what are, you're buying paper all this out crap. at best. He has a he has a mail in comic subscription. Yeah, which like in the nineties is not uncommon for a comic collector to have. But is not. I mean, that's a still a, that's a luxury for a twelve year old. Like, yeah, you're not having even, to go to the five and dime to get your comics. I can't like, think of a, a an era really where like a kid having a mail in comic subscription would be like a financially sound decision. No, even like like a, like grown collectors that I know now were like, I know people who had subscription services to for from comics from like the big three in the 90s and they were adults then and are just <laughs> older adults now like i don't know anybody who was our age who had a subscription yeah. i had one in college and had to get rid of it right and like i had it with with midtown out in new york because they would still do a subscription service mm-hmm. most places won't you can get them through diamond select but that's a pain in the ass which by the way that's a good plug for midtown comics uh, i'm pretty i still get emails from them i think yeah i, um, I do too um they are like my favorite online comic yeah, store they're they're shipping uh policies are great really affordable shipping policies and you can do a subscription service for like uh, I would do well when the um, that's the reason I have basically every issue of the first Spider-Verse run. Yeah, is because I just I went to like Vintage Stock or Clint's or somewhere and bought the first couple Edge of Spider-Verse comics and then went on Midway and uh, Midtown. Uh, or Midtown. Sorry, Midway <laughs> went on. Midtown. Come down, Peter. Yeah. Went on on uh, Midtown and just hit subscribe to. Yeah, I think you have to be descri- subscribed to like five or ten comics but you can pick ones that only have like one a year and it mm-hmm. counts so that's a way to get around it if, you, if you're trying not to spend um like 
you know, if you have like a biweekly or a, or a bi-monthly book or something that you don't want to spend, you know, eight bucks every because it plus, you know, you add shipping and stuff. Mm-hmm. You don't want to spend eight bucks every two weeks, five times or ten times or whatever. Yeah. So you end up, you know, you pick a run that, you know, they post, they send out an, an issue every three months or four months or something. And then you can kind of separate it that way. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Midtown's a really good um they're a really good service for, yeah. and they, they like, I mean, they're huge. They're fucking huge. They're, they're in New York. They're like the biggest comic shop in New mm-hmm. York. Um, they are one of the oldest brick and mortar shops. Clint's comics is still officially the oldest brick and mortar shop in, in the world, in the country. <laughs> Unfortunately, there's no Clint anymore, but yeah, well, there, yeah, there's, yeah, there's no, the, the owner passed away some time ago, but, um, there's definitely a weird dichotomy of like the parents, I can't tell if it's like they're one of there's some of the parents that like just can't say no to their kids, mm-hmm. but then they get mad at the kid for them not saying no to the kid. Right. That's what it kind of feels like. Like they're like kind of, I guess you would say like spineless parents. Mm-hmm. They're like they don't say no. And then the kid obviously just takes advantage of being able to get whatever they want and then doesn't do well in school because he's just reading comics all the time and his yeah. parents don't make him do his homework and any of that kind of stuff. Um, so uh, he comes down, uh, Skipper gets come da- gets called down for dinner. <laughs> God damn it. Skipper get. I keep like, I just hate the name Skipper. Uh-huh. Uh, it's throwing my brain off. Skip. Skippy. Yes. I want to say Skippy because Skippy guess. sounds like even a fucking better name than Skipper. <laughs> so Skipper gets called, he goes down for dinner and we see the first like weird thing happen where the, um, the mutant starts to, hang on, I'm going to pause for the mask mutant's face starts to like come out of the comic and it's a practical effect. Yeah. Like it, it, it's like it's an elastic. A, yeah. It's like a, a morph suit kind of thing. Yeah. It's like they printed the page of the comic with his face on it on a uh, spandex or like, yeah, a rubber or elastic, thin rubber or elastic or something. And then had a dude or like somebody's hand or something push on the face. I was out. Def- well, I mean, I guess it could have been a mold, but like it, it looked, looked like, like a it dude's was a face. face. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it contoured to the nose and lips and everything. Yeah. It was, it was a really good, it might've mm-hmm. been one of the best effects of this episode of this, Dare we this say show two episodes. Uh, I don't know. There's some pretty good effects <laughs> in the Goosebumps shows. It's definitely better than most of the shit. It's better than any of the comic effects we see in Beetleborgs uh-huh. at any point. The fact that we don't ever see a practical effect of something coming out of a comic is honestly disappointing. And right. I don't think I've ever, I don't think we've ever really addressed mm-hmm. uh, how like it's always a, a, a crappy two dimensional CG effect and yeah. never, uh, they never just have like a monster's hand rip through a page of a comic, uh, even just for a shot to yeah, look cool. Like the closest we get is whenever they get sucked back in. Yeah. And like back in. if the comic actually like has burn marks or something mm-hmm. on it, like that's the closest. Yeah. I, I think a, a really cool effect would be having a like monster's hand rip through the front of a comic. And, oh, just, yeah. and then, then then cut to the monster terrorizing Charterville. You don't even have to show it completely right. physically coming out. Just a hand <laughs> bursting through a page. I just want to see it disembowel the person that's yeah. reading it. And it'd be easier than doing the CGI effect because yeah. all you're doing is just taking one of your prop comic printings, holding it on like a table with a hole in it and the monster <laughs> suit hand lunges through it. Yeah. Totally. This is why I need to work in TV. <laughs> well, we'll call Rick. Yeah, we'll get right on it. If I told Rick that, he'd like, I bet he'd like that effect. Uh-huh. Um, 
So yeah, the mutant's face is coming out of the comic. It doesn't completely come out, just kind of like bulges out and then starts to recede. And then well, we... and it doesn't explain why. No, there's and it's never, never an explanation. Again. It's never addressed. It's just like it. Be, it just becomes a thing that like either just the masked mutant or comics in general have some kind of ability to cross into reality. Yeah. There is no uh, flabber to wish this into reality. There's they don't no do that. No or no nothing. Yeah, it's and it it does present an interesting cuz this this is an this is a weird way to think about it. Uh, this could 100% take place in the Beetleborgs universe. Oh yeah. And have the masked mutant be like if Vexor or um Nucus decided to take a villain out of a different comic than Beetleborgs and they brought the masked mutant out. Everything else in this would make sense. This is just like the kid barely missing the Beetleborgs as they're also dealing with the situation. Yeah. This is just a different town and like <laughs> Vexor took vacation for a day to New York yeah. and made a different comic character come out because they didn't sell Beetleborgs aren't aren't popular on the East Coast. They're only popular on the West Coast. Right. God damn it. Headcanon, people. Headcanon. Yeah, that's good. Hey, it's a Fox Kids property. It's entirely possible. They did crossovers somewhere. They've got Wolverine in here. Yeah. I mean, they did, they did crossovers with all the Marvel animated shows. There was, like, the X-Men did a crossover and Daredevil into Spider-Man. Mm -hmm. So, it's totally possible. And the Avengers, although they never really got a good Fox Kids animated show. <laughs> so, uh, Skipper's at, at school. He's explaining to his, his friend, whose name I never caught. Uh, it might be on here oh. in the wiki. It's The Rock Kid. Wilson, Wilson has probably. To be. Yeah, it's got to be Wilson. No, it's definitely bus driver or old man. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Wilson, he's a rock nerd, um, and not like not a geology, not a geology nerd. nerd. He just likes neat rocks. Yeah, like he shows uh, shows anyone and everyone he comes in contact with. <laughs> he shows Skipper a rock this time, and Skipper's like, "What's special about that rock?" And he's like, uh, "It looks like a duck." And he holds it up, and he's like, "Well." This morning it looked like a duck. <laughs> God <laughs> damn it, Wilson. Because this kid is like one of the most sensible people in this episode. Yeah, but they all like he's also weird as fuck. So yeah. Like, OK, this checks out the scans <laughs> that the one friend, the like weird comic nerd has uh, who may or may not have a tentative hold on reality. <laughs> right. Is also friends with the rock nerd that doesn't actually <laughs> like rocks. He just likes the look of rocks, uh -huh. which is a different kind of rock nerd. He's going to be the kind of dude that sets crystal crystals around his desk to get rid of the flu. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and he has like a patch on his sweater that says rock club. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't remember what the second one said, but he, like he's wearing just a plain yellow sweater. Not a, not a, uh, uh, what are those uh cardigan or? no the jackets you get in high school you can get like Letterman. a letterman's jacket yeah. not one of those because yeah. they're 12 <laughs> it's just a yellow sweater and it has a what looks like a letterman's jacket patch on the arm right. that says rock club goddamn weird but i <laughs> love it i would love a yellow sweater that said rock club on the side this time to wear your plain yellow sweater that says rock club <laughs> and when you're fucking weird we see the mutant uh it's not revealed yet but it's it's the mutant he's got big purple gloves that say m on them yeah <laughs> he's he's parting the leaves outside of the playground or, or wherever they Which are at the in school. uh apparently in cinematography language means he's completely hidden from everyone around but to reality would be like these kids would notice the spandex clad man lurking in the bushes yes yeah, we can see completely like through the bushes away. yeah 
He's a stone's less than a stone's throw away. Like he's a spit take away from these kids. He's probably hearing every word that they say. Yeah, and like uh, Skipper like turns around and like looks around. And he's like, thought I heard something, and then we see again the mutant peer like peering through yeah, like his POV, and it's. Uh, yeah, that's like a thing that happens a lot in media. It was more egregious in this one because yeah. he, you see him move the tree, but the tree he moves is like the goddamn Charlie Brown Christmas tree. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he just breathed on it hard enough and it moved out of the way. Yeah. Um, so then we cut to um, Skipper. We, well, we cut to a bus and the bus has a mm. big goosebumps. Yeah, like banner on the side. Give this two thumbs up. Yeah, like a zombie and a mummy thumbs uh-huh. up on it, uh, and it's a legit goosebumps poster on the side. It's, it's really both good. Sides. Yeah, um, and we see the mutant uh, jump on top of the bus, and then we cut inside, and it's Skipper reading a Mask Mutant comic or, or one of the comics. I don't yeah. know if it's Mask Mutant or Galloping Gazelle. I think I think because. Uh, the, the chick asked him specifically. Yeah. Uh, so there's a, a young blonde girl behind him, the same age as him, looks like. Uh, uh, co- Libby. Libby. Uh, and she kind of introduces herself. She just kind of like impedes his reading time. Oh, yeah. She's like, oh, yeah. Do you go to like whatever school? Yeah. And I, I wasn't paying that close attention. So I thought it was a school bus. And I was like, okay. Yeah. yeah no, assumedly. It's a, it's a city bus. Yeah. It's, it's just a random ass city bus. Yeah. And yeah, she said something <laughs> about like, Talks to him about like what school you go to, and uh, she's like, "Oh, you like reading comics?" And she's like, "I read uh, High School Harry, which is Archie, I assume." Yeah, and she lists like, like two other titles, and they're I don't know what, but they're like they parodies. all sound like Archie and Jughead yeah. comic type things. Uh, that like Labrina, <laughs> the wee age bitch. I mean <laughs> that that yeah that genre yeah. Of, of comic in, instead of. She's like, you you read that superhero stuff? And he's like, yeah, like Galloping Gazelle and the League of Good Guys and uh, the Masked Mutant. She's like, disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking nerd. Is everyone at such and such middle school as weird as you? And he's like, no, I'm the coolest. Yeah. And it's like, all right, well played, kid. <laughs> you got it this time. Um, and he realizes while talking to Libby that he's missed his, his stop. Yeah. He's fucked up. Uh, so he just gets off on the next stop. Middle of fucking nowhere. Looks like the West Bottoms in KC because it's just under an interstate bridge. Well, yeah. Remember, this is the magical TV bus where you can just pull a string and the guy will stop on the middle of the highway if you need off. <laughs> yeah, there was not a physical bus stop. There was, no. like a, there was a side street. Uh-huh. There was not a bus stop. No bench or anything. Uh, not even like the weird parts of KC where there's just a bus stop sign and not yeah. actually anything there. Uh, no, no just, just garbage alley next to garbage <laughs> way. <laughs> it was, it was literally, he steps out and I was like, oh, you know, it's a bad part of town because there's trash bags everywhere. And an overpass. And an overpass. I was like, yeah, it's the West Bottoms. Yeah. Uh, I wish the West Bottoms bagged their trash. Um, <laughs> but then we wouldn't have any haunted houses. Hey-oh. <laughs> so, um, yeah, he uh, he like gets out and he's like, oh, fuck, I don't know where I am. And he starts walking down this spooky alleyway. It, it's presumably like 315 in the afternoon. Yeah. Maybe four if he was on a long bus ride. And uh, there's this like fucking weird like pastel purple building like this skyscraper looking thing. It looks like mm-hmm. eight, at least eight stories tall. Oh, yeah. It's really tall. Uh, it looks like it has like a UFO on top. Uh, I don't think there's like a picture. So... He walks out into this alley 
and there's this fucking building. He's like, oh, fuck, that's the Mutants HQ. That's mm-hmm. the, which I think he was talking to Wilson earlier. Oh, yeah, that's he what was like, this is the new, the new the issue. They, they yeah. revealed his HQ finally. Like, they mentioned <laughs> In it. issue 142, page 6, panel 3, he mentioned his HQ, but they never showed it. And now they do. It felt a lot like the... Um, this happened... Uh, well, uh, exclusively in season one of Beetleborgs because it was actually tied to the comics of Beetleborgs, uh, where whenever a monster would come out, Roland or somebody mm-hmm. would say, "Well, he's from is- issue one forty eight, and it's like it's oh. Ball Slapper from the annual." <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, great! I wish that meant something, but you never made a fucking comic out of right. your show. So yeah, in this, like, they earlier at school they were talking about how they finally showed the um layer the mm-hmm. hq the headquarters and uh, now he sees it it's in this fucking alleyway and he just looks at it and he kind of walks up and uh, it's they're plain as day down the road he walks up and kind of looks in and there's just like ominous lights all around it's very pink it's very like mm-hmm. highlighter yellow and pink and pastel it, it looks like a uh swedish gay nightclub yes uh, but uh, you know at like 6 a.m whenever you have to come back because you're like shit i left my phone somewhere here dude can i just look for it for like five minutes and no i'm not speaking out of experience <laughs> <laughs> and he He's like, fuck this, and leaves, yeah. properly so. And then the mutant, like, <laughs> peeks his head out the fucking window. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, fuck. He looks even more like Bible Man whenever you yes. put him through the mesh and only give him the Yeah, that shot. was really the shot. I think there's a, I think they have a, a, a shot of it specifically on his wiki of just him peeking through. Yes, here it is. Oh, yeah. Just him peeking through the fucking <laughs> grate of the window, and it, like, pixelates his helmet so much i might need to turn that into a meme <laughs> god damn it um <laughs> oh yeah he leaves he, and then he decides to go back the next day right and there's nothing there well does it didn't he talk to his friend about it too yeah and then he, he's like oh well obviously okay so who writes the or who does the art well Maybe he, say he's driving through town and he sees this funky building and goes, oh, that would be fun to put in a comic. And he does. Yeah. Problem solved. Totally logical. Yeah. That makes like, sense. It makes perfect sense. As basis in real life. Yeah. Unlike anything uh, else in the show. <laughs> yeah. Like unlike anything else actually happening for these two parts. <laughs> um, and like that later that night, we see him. Um, he's under his covers and he's got a flashlight and he's reading the comic and uh, somebody rips the covers off and it's his dad. And his dad's in like a full fucking suit. Like, yeah, it's like he it's, just came home from work or something. Yeah, he's wearing a sport coat and a tie and everything. And uh, we like look down at what Skipper was reading and it's an algebra book. He's done the old trick of folding oh, the yeah, comic into the algebra he was like, book. I'm sorry. I just couldn't put it down yeah and uh uh, his dad's like oh like oh i'm so glad to see you like finding it so interesting Uh and uh the whole this whole time like he's kind of the kid's kind of still zoning out a little bit and like there's kind of a quick exchange of it looks like the dad's gonna relate to the kid not doing well in math and then the dad's just like well good night son (laughs) don't stay up too late yeah just walks away and it's like, ah, oh, goddamn it! Like you almost had a moment to be a good dad there, and you fucked it up. Okay. Um, so we cut basically to the next day. The kid's on the bus again. He gets off, and he misses his exit again. He takes 
the exit intentionally to go to uh, this headquarters and try to find it again. And it's not there. It's it's fucking gone. Um, When he had been reading. uh, Well, when he was talking to his friend Wilson, they got the newest issue from, uh, I guess it's like a fucking daily comic. I don't know how often they're getting comics out. Cause this is actually, it's a year long time jump every time he gets. Yeah. A comic. <laughs> like most comics are monthly. Mm-hmm. And like every time we see this, every time Skipper goes back home, there's a new comic in the mail. Yeah. And so I don't know if that's meant to be like the reality. Well, weirdness yeah, going uh, on. Cause the, the special edition one he gets, I think that one, cause I don't think he was expecting it. And I think no. my mom said some comment about that's it. the one. Yeah, I think yeah. that first has the, uh, the invisible curtain, right. Uh, that the mutant puts over his HQ. So you can't find it. Mm-hmm. And then lo and behold, he goes back with, uh, well, he goes back and then Libby scares him yeah, and the building's gone. It's not there. Him. Yeah. The uh, building's gone. It's not there. So, uh, they just like kind of keep walking and he's like, no, there's an invil- invisibility curtain. They talk about it in the new comic. She's like, all right, psycho kid, let's she go look for her it. eyes and walks completely through it. Yeah. She's like, oh, I'm going through the invisible curtain now. <laughs> and she fucking does yeah. like they're there. And yeah. there, you see this like little shimmer of light. And, uh, then the building's back. Um, the building's back. All right. <laughs> uh, oh, ow. And so they go in and it is uh, Jack Kirby everywhere. Oh, like yeah. it's very bright colors. Uh, it's It's got very like a ink dot art style everywhere. Very like a uh, uh, pop art. You'd expect like white rabbit to be playing off of one of the rooms. Yeah. Uh, they find there's an elevator and it opens and you're like, we have to go in. Mm-hmm. So they go in and it just starts going down. I don't even think they, they well, may I, have hit a button. I think they did push a button because they should Libby, they at least show the panel and it's yeah. got like lobby floor one, two, three, four. Yeah. I think Libby hit a button and then it just like starts rapidly descending. Yeah. Um, like ter- Tower of Terror style just like <laughs> starts dropping. And when they get down there, they kind of get separated and Skipper goes into a room. Well, she starts hyperventilating because she thinks the doors aren't going to open. Yeah. And then they do. Yeah. She's like, I can't breathe. We're running out of air. We're running out of air. And then it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Which and, is like one of the, I think that was like one of the few actual jokes that landed. Yeah. Uh, so Skipper like kind of just walks off on his own and he walks into a room with a big drawing desk and there are uh, like early comic pages, like sketch pages. Just uh, a bunch of Rule Thirty Four. <laughs> uh, but it's a new uh, Mask Mutant comic, and he like starts flipping through it, and he's in the comic. Mm-hmm. Like he starts seeing himself drawn in, which is funny because they show the panels that he's drawn in, and he looks more like uh, Genki, or oh, that's not what he's called, Ned from yes. uh, the <laughs> Spider-Man movies. Like he's yeah. got that more Pacific Islander. Uh, 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 Asianatic kind of look to him. Yeah, it's it's very <laughs> weird, and like it's it's again just because like that style doesn't actually look like any comic art of even of like ninety six and ninety six had some like fucking weird comic art looking at you, Liefeld. I was uh, gonna say, isn't that whenever he had his reign of terror through like Spider Man, Spider Woman, Superman, like yeah, and the whole and gambit, like damn near Beetleborgs. <laughs> uh, oh know, yeah, I always forget about that. It's looking at you, Rob. Uh, um, unblock me on Twitter, coward. <laughs> Called out. <laughs> I don't give a shit if you block. <laughs> I don't even know if he still has me blocked on Twitter. He just block. He blocks a lot of people on Twitter because he doesn't I like. Can't imagine why. He doesn't like his art being called bad. <laughs> Maybe he shouldn't drop bad art. <laughs> 
shouldn't get paid by the big two publishers to yeah. draw bad art. Is, yeah, no one's is like pissing off these DeviantArt kids that are <laughs> no. 14 and can't draw hands right. It's like, no one's paying them. The grown man paid by Marvel to give Captain America oblong boobs. <laughs> come on, bud. Why, why did that pass editorial? Like, come on. <laughs> I wouldn't let that get on a comic and I don't make any money on comics. <laughs> so yeah, he like turns around and the end of the part one is him turning around and the mask mutant is right there in his face and it's the mask mutant yeah, and about it, like, to grab it. They do this shaky camera effect with this like, uh, like RGB thing that like, make, I don't know. It like yeah. shakes up all the colors too. Yeah. It makes it look, I think what they're going for is like an ink blot, like mm-hmm. making it look like it's ink and they had kind of shown him kind of seeing ink a little bit. And he, when he walked into the building, he got kind of like glitchy uh, yeah, with like comic ink dots. Th- there was this uh, this beam that's, that went over him. And even the uh, you pointed out that the elevators had that really cool like mm-hmm. uh, the, those dots. Yeah. yeah. And then we uh, cut, we start into part two and the opening of part two is him screaming still same, same shot. Uh, but it's Libby holding a cardboard cutout of the mask mutant, uh, which is not what we saw lunge at him. Yeah. We saw very clearly the suit of the mask mutant lunge at him, um, which is like either clever for one reason or another, or just lazy editing uh, or both. Uh, it's entirely possible. <laughs> Uh, you decide. In my goosebumps. <laughs> um, Libby's laughing her ass off. She's like, "Let's get out of here. This is this is weird." Mm-hmm. And she leaves the cardboard cutout, and they both leave and get back in the elevator. And it oh just yeah, and of course he up. tries showing her all of the pages, and, and they're gone. They're gone too. Yeah. Uh, when they walk out, the eyes in the cardboard cutout glow yellow mm-hmm. or like golden yellow. Yeah. Um, there's like ominous music playing in the background. There's like um uh, kind of a uh, organ. A soundtrack right, to yeah. this whole uh, HQ building every time they're in it or approaching it. They do that a lot in Goosebumps, I've noticed. Um, like, or the organ is like their go-to creepy thing, yeah. which I love. That's probably why I always love creepy organ music. Between that and Phantom of the Opera. Yeah. And it's like, I think Phantom of the Opera is probably like the origin for the trope of mm-hmm. creepy organ music. Uh, because like... In fact, there's not a lot of places that have organs like mm-hmm. even the organ in Hillhurst is like barely an organ. It's a player. It's a piano with with yeah. like cut off organ pipes halfway through it. That's, I like to I like a young Frankenstein's use of the violin. Yeah. Which yeah. was that in the original Frankenstein? Was there a bunch of violin? I don't think so. Like Fuck, the, I don't remember the soundtrack from the original. I know. Right. Like the track from young Frankenstein just fits so well with what like I remember yeah. from the original universe. There's a lot of piano and. Bride of Frankenstein. That's a, that's the most recent Frankenstein movie that I've watched. That and House of Frankenstein, which is more of a Dracula movie, <laughs> as all of the House of movies are. Um, so yeah, well, they like leave and they get back up, kind of towards the bus stop. They look back; the building's not there. Uh, and 
Libby's like, oh, I gotta, I gotta go. I like, I'm late for whatever, and she <laughs> fucks off down the road. My pimp's gonna be pissed. <laughs> she like fucks off down the road, and uh, Skipper's like, oh yeah, I'll just, oh wait, and he turns around, and she's just gone. She's not running. She's not, like he looks down yeah, this avenue. It's, and it's a just, really long stretch of street that, like, one second she's like a few concrete blocks away. Turn his head. Turn again, and she's gone. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of the first sign that like something's up with Libby uh, and it's not normal with the fact that she was there again already was weird but the fact that she like knock off Archie comics I think (laughs) was my first red flag yeah I mean yeah like he goes back home and like he's sitting at dinner and he's not hungry and he keeps seeing everything through like uh, like ink tint Mm -hmm. like uh, RGB tint with dots over everything. Yeah, it looks like somebody put an Andy Warhol pop art filter over everything. Yeah. And uh, so he's like, he's like, oh, I'm not hungry. And his dad's like, well, that's a first. Mark it on the calendar. I'm like, eat shit, dad. <laughs> what the fuck was that about? Yeah. So he goes to bed and he goes up into his room and he's just like sweating bullets. And his dad comes up and checks on him and he's just like, oh, yeah, no, I'm not sick. His dad's like, well, don't work on algebra that hard. And I was yeah. like, we talked about it. We like we looked at it. And we were like, man, I'd be a lot more worried about my kid if he was like sweating this hard and like visibly not well. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, well, I yeah, guess he he's doesn't working even hard. like put a, the back of his hand to his head. Doesn't take his temperature. Doesn't. No, nothing. Give him a children's Motrin at least. Yeah. Like, shit. Like no Advil, nothing. And I was like, I, I mean, I can't say that I've not been that physically distraught while working on algebra. So I guess it's a believable <laughs> reaction if you really pushed it. Uh, maybe not at 12. I don't think I was working that hard on math. Yeah. Um, I don't think I was taking algebra at 12. Um, I think I would have had to have been at least 13 or 14 before we could take algebra. But that was just me, maybe. Um, well, yeah, it helps whenever your school system doesn't believe in math. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so another new comic has come in. Skipper's dad brings it into him and he's like, Hey, maybe this will cheer you up, make you feel better. And it's where the title for the comic should be. It just says in giant letters, a new foe for the mutant. Uh, like that's the title of the book. Very weird formatting. Um, and then he opens it and he starts reading it and it's him. It's like him poorly drawn and colored into the comic uh, sneaking into, uh, sneaking into the headquarters and he's got to go free the galloping gazelle. Cause the galloping gazelle has been kidnapped by the mutant and is being held in like the boiler room. And it's like 115 degrees. I guess that's why he's sweating so much is because he's being written into a comic and it's getting too hot. Yeah. Uh, I guess that checks out and it's not just him like freaking out and hallucinating and stuff, um, which works. I, I'm totally fine with it. Um, and basically the next scene is just him getting back on the bus and the bus driver. It's like late at night. It's like that night, I think. And the bus driver keeps looking at him when he gets on the stop. He's like, hey, are you alone, kid? Is it just you? And he's like, huh? Somebody picking you up? Oh, no, I just got a thing I got to do. The stripper's like, this is not a part of town to be in for a kid at night. Be careful out there. And he leaves. And it's the mutant. The bus driver is the mutant. And he's like cackling as the kid walks off the bus. Yeah. Uh, 
and he uh, walks in and he, he goes back into the uh, HQ, goes back down the elevator and uh, he finds the Galloping Gazelle and it's actually Adam West. He wasn't just voice acting the character. He is actually playing the character in the Galloping Gazelle costume tied to a chair with yellow rope. Yeah. And it is the best goddamn thing. Like, I really thought he was just going to get... Is it not typing? Oh, that's fucking weird. Yeah. Yeah, Restart your phone. Sorry, it's uh, boss at my new job is uh, trying to set me up with a rental car and I'm just... Trying to send him a response to my phone is not having it. <laughs> phone is not cooperating. You will not. So, uh, yeah, it's it's fucking Adam West in the Galloping Gazelle costume, and he's tied up, and he's like, "You gotta free me, champ!" I'm like, <laughs> "Oh, thank God you're here." Yeah, uh, it's uh, it's really good. It's mm-hmm. like best performance of the whole of the whole. Oh yeah, two parter for sure, one hundred percent. That anytime if you can ride on Adam West, just being cheesy as all hell, yeah, he'll like, ham it up no matter what. Oh. Don't even give him a script. Give him yeah. a character. Yeah, give him a character exactly. and, a, and a, some props and a costume and let him play. I'm <laughs> convinced that he never really had any lines written for him in uh, Family Guy and he mm. just kind of... Oh, yeah. They wrote the episode around it. <laughs> he tries to call for backup from the League of Good Guys. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, oh, he's... that The dastardly mutant is jamming the signal. Uh, and... Uh, he, yeah, he's fucking. He's tied to a chair. Oh yeah, he he definitely pulls out those classic Bat- Batman esque uh, jumping Jehoshaphats. Yeah, uh, epitaphs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he gets uh, Skipper to to untie him to get him out of the chair. He stands up and he like jumps. He has like leaping powers. Like like well, he's the galloping gazelle. So he like super jumps up into the rafters and. He's telling Skipper to like follow me. Like, what are you doing? Get up here. What? Uh, can we take the stairs? And Galloping Gazelle's like, if you're gonna be a superhero, you really need to get into better shape. And like, fine, we'll take the stairs. <laughs> and you get Skipper climbing up this flight of stairs, and Galloping Gazelle already at the top, just like, take your time, take your time. It's all right. And he finally like gets up there, and he finds they're at the control center. Of the of the HQ, um, and it looks a little bit like the Power Rangers Command Center. Like it's a it's a big um, computer display uh, up in front, not really monitors, but just like control panels, um, like what you would imagine like a Star Trek set would look like. Um, flashing lights everywhere, some sparking wires, and a big chair sitting in the front, like a big like commander's chair uh, in front of the the console. Galloping Gazelle sits in the in the chair while he's saying something like, oh, this is nothing like the control center for the uh, League of Good Guys. Uh, and he sits down and a fucking snake pops up. Big silicone snake pops up on the side of the, the like arm of the chair transforms into this snake. And uh, the back of the chair, like the, the headrest of the chair transforms into the mutant's face. And it's like the mutant was the chair and he's holding on to Galloping Gazelle. And it's not clear if he, like, spins Galloping Gazelle away off of the chair. Or if Galloping Gazelle, to get out of the chair, spins. Because it goes from him sitting in the chair, scared of the snake, to him whirling around like a fucking tornado around the room with a really weird 
twisty effect around him and uh it doesn't look great and it doesn't make it makes possibly the least amount of sense of everything that happens in the next few scenes yeah so like the head of the chair pops up and it's it's mm-hmm. the fucking mutant's head uh like wrapped around the top of it uh he's got like the snake arm and Adam West is whirling around and we even like we had the uh, closed captions turned on and it just says like whirring in like all caps. Yeah. Um, and uh, Mask Mutant starts his like villainous monologue about galloping gazelles too old for this and why don't you just retire and all those kind of like we've heard it all before. Yeah. From villain monologues. It's not anything super original. But Galloping Zell finally stops spinning, just goes, you know what, kid? He's right. I'm too old for this. I'm going home. And he just fucking walks out. <laughs> like, he just leaves the kid there. And uh, it's like, it's a hilarious moment because obviously it's Adam West. He's been playing superheroes for forever. In, you know, either as Batman or as a parody character or a, a commentary character or something yeah. like that. So to have him just be like, I'm too old for this. I'm going home. And he walks out and like he bangs his antlers on the top of the door as he's leaving. Like it's a it was a good exchange. I enjoyed it. It felt weird to have the Galloping Gazelle be like a physical real character in this whole thing. I kind of thought that the Galloping Gazelle was going to be the mutant. I thought Galloping Gazelle was going to be the mutant in disguise before the chair thing happened. Um, that's what I thought was gonna. I was close, yeah. but I was not quite. And then uh, Chunk Butt <laughs> Skipper, yeah, he tries leaving too, and the door opens and it's uh, uh, Libby. Yeah, and pretty much all but confirms that what we suspected uh, a while ago that she is in fact the bad guy because she's like, hey, guess what? There was no Libby, you cuck, yeah. you soy boy. <laughs> <laughs> Just just tries to red pill him all to hell. Yeah. She <laughs> gaslights the hell out of this kid. This kid, that is, this is uh, Goosebumps the Gaslight episode. <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah. Because, like, and even later it gets even worse. She, like, you know, transforms into the mutant. And Please, he, we're a toku podcast. She henshins. <laughs> yeah, she morphs into the mutant. And he's got this, like, crane in the building which if is you like want to call it that like a construction crane it's a cardboard box with a styrofoam anvil coming out of it <laughs> and it's An like orange it's, anvil. it's like yellow orange <laughs> fabric glued over or like vinyl or something glued over a foam shape i think it was paper mache at some point <laughs> yeah that might have been it and it's like it's got very clear wrinkles in it like it's not solid metal <laughs> yeah and it's it's bright fucking yellow orange mm-hmm. looking. So and he like keeps touching it and it looks soft and yeah. like light. Like when he touches it, it moves very quickly on the Never this rope. makes a sound resembling anything solid. No, he doesn't like knock it against something and it goes like <laughs> nothing. Uh and like I guess the threat is that he's gonna crush him with it. Oh, yeah, it starts he, falling. He well he's uh says that he's going to tear him into a million pieces, and through his hand motions, it's implied that he's going to hook him like from dead by like daylight or something. Yeah. yeah. And then like tear him off of the hook and then rehook him and tear him off of the hook until he's just nothing. Yeah, but like this hook is like larger than like a ship anchor. Yeah, like, it, it's it very would, big. 
It would... It's bigger than his, the kid's body. Yeah, it's the size of a wrecking ball, and if it was just a wrecking ball, it would make better sense. Miley Cyrus couldn't come in on this bitch. <laughs> so, he's, yeah, he's like, I'm going to rip you into pieces, and then rip your pieces into pieces. <laughs> yeah. And the kid's, like, desperately trying to get out of the door while this crane is slowly falling towards him. It's, like, the least ominous thing that could happen to him. Slowly yeah. lower it. <laughs> He does sell, he says something about like, uh, I will win me and the League of Scared Guys. Yeah. And I thought, I thought it was just the closed captions missing it. No. No. He says scared guys. Not Not scary. scary. Scared. Nothing at all that would make sense. No. But no, it's got to make you think, wait, so these villains are scared? Yeah. I thought maybe he was like trying to make fun uh, maybe i totally missed this line i thought maybe he was trying to make fun of the league of good guys and called them the league of scared guys but it definitely sounded like he was saying that he's with the league of scared guys yeah that's like the The league of evil and stuff yeah and uh fuck if i know like it was a weird mushy dialogue section You could tell they were trying to wrap it up. Yeah, it was definitely like they shot this close to last and it just they were out of dialogue for the day. Um, he is kind of getting cornered by the mutant and the mutant's like, oh, I'm going to fucking kill you. And he's like, uh, he, said, or he says he's going to rip him apart. Mm-hmm. And uh, Skipper goes, you can't because I'm the colossal elastic boy. Yeah. And you, like, I'll bend, but I won't break. You can't rip me apart. And the mutant's like, Oh, Elastic Boy. I knew I recognized you. And he like does a fucking pose and yeah. everything. And it's it's like, like, even though Adam West is the geriatric in this episode, the real geriatric is uh, the mutant man. Yeah. Monster like, mutant, whatever. Uh, I mean, it was not like a horrible line, but he, uh, they like have this like weird dialogue and he, the mutant doesn't, isn't doing anything. He's just, and the kid's like, you can't, you can't break me and you can't hit me. Uh, I only have one weakness, and that's sulfuric acid. And the mutant's like, ha ah. And he's like, oh, I shouldn't have well, said that. Yeah, it's actually uh, one of the better, like, hmm, to get meta on this, it's one of the better actings of the kid, but not the actor acting. Yes. <laughs> like, the kid actually It's seems, one of the better actions yeah. of the kid's character, but, it's, like, it's not well portrayed. Right. He. It, it seems like he did fuck up. Um, until the last second, because like, yeah, because then uh, the mutant starts because he can turn into anything. Mm-hmm. He starts turning into sulfuric acid. You see this gas start to form, and he's like, "Huh, but you forgot that if you turn into anything, or if you you can turn into a solid, but if you turn into a liquid, you die." As if somebody would just says, casually forget die. that. Like, yeah, and it's like, oh, and the guy's like, just a torso <laughs> in a puddle. Now he's like, wait, what? <laughs> No! My hubris! <laughs> and then it's just a puddle with a cowl in it. Yeah. And it's like, was he was he wearing the cowl? Every other time he turned into something, the cowl was the something. Right. So, okay. Like, Libby wasn't wearing a fucking Bible <laughs> Man helmet the whole time. <laughs> and, uh, That's how you could tell she wasn't righteous. Yeah. He kind of like, he... Full, he, he uh, the heebie-jeebies, every time somebody does it, bugs me in Beetleborgs, bugs yep. me here. He rolls up the comic like a newspaper. Takes your disturbed comic and rolls it up. <laughs> rolls it up and, like, pokes it through the eye hole of the cow and picks it up. And he's like, ah, ah, ah. And he does this, like, 
evil laugh. <laughs> and like I think in the closed captions it said laughs triumphantly. Mm-hmm. It's a villainous laugh. Yeah. It's it's a kid going ah ha ah, ah, ah. <laughs> It was great, horrible, and great. <laughs> And we, you know, go, I'll allow that horrible just because we're not recording a Beetleborgs episode. Oh, yeah. But, it's still uh, better than your average Beetleborgs episode but, uh, by a mile and a half. Let it be known that in uh, the next Beetleborgs episode, you do owe us uh, 12 hail uh, horror bells. Ah, Adam West. More like Madam East. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> So we're Stop back. Me. The end of the episode is we're back at. Uh, oh, did you go into how the, uh, the he talks about the beam turning the kid into the comic? Oh, yeah. Oh, God, that's right before he gets melted. Uh-huh. He's like revealing to the kid that he's not real anymore. He's a comic book character, too, because this beam scanned him and turned him into little dots of ink. Yeah. And that's why he's been having all these weird ink dots. <laughs> if you stuff. cut me, do I not ink? <laughs> You made me ink. <laughs> It'd be a nice, nice death, death null of this character. <laughs> you made me ink. And uh, yeah, the kids. Like, it's a very like Twilight Zone episode. Like no, no. <laughs> I had time. I had time. <laughs> you damn dirty apes. <laughs> <laughs> that was my favorite Twilight Zone episode. <laughs> Same writers. <laughs> Uh, Shatner. Ninety <laughs> percent of it is a Twilight Zone episode. Uh, he's sitting. Uh, yeah, like that's the reveal is that he's actually a comic book character too. Um, nothing becomes of that while he's fighting uh the mutant and the mutant just melts. And we go back to uh Skipper sitting at home and his mom comes up and she's like, "Hey, I, I got a new uh comic book uh for you." And he's like, ah, "No, I'm done with comics for now. I just, I just want to, I just want to relax." right now and uh, his mom's like all right what the hell's on your hand and it's covered in like red blue and green uh ink and he's she's like is that ink and he's like i won't get on anything can i just go and watch tv she drags him to the sink and starts scrubbing his hand and then you hear this stretching sound 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 Did I get you? It's Halloween. Everyone's entitled to one good scare, right? She looks at the comic and it's of the, the uh, colossal, colossal elastic, elastic boy. boy yeah. And it's, it is the most Technicolor costume I've ever seen <laughs> since Joseph had his fucking coat. <laughs> He's got like, uh, the like pauldrons that are like not armor pauldrons. They're mm-hmm. like a colonel's jacket in the Navy where they like fringe on the side. It was like 80 shoulder pads. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and just a big EB on the, on the front of his chest, which is like very clearly looks like it's written with like fabric marker. <laughs> oh shit. This is supposed to stand for irritable bowel. <laughs> as long as it's not ED, he's fine, <laughs> he's fine for a while. He's a bit young for that one. I think. <laughs> <laughs> what's what's young about elastic dysfunction? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we, the mom, like turns around and she sees that his arm is stretched, and he's actually walked all the way to the living room while she's holding his uh-huh. hand. She lets go, and it like rubber bands back to him, and he looks down at himself, and he's in his elastic boy costume, and oh, he shit. just 
holds his arms out and just goes, stretch it! Yeah, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) Roll credits, end of episode, that's the taste they leave in your mouth. so bad like, <laughs> in the best all ways of the twist endings like i i get it it's because he's all they turned him into a comic book character mm-hmm. so because he said to the comic book character i'm elastic boy this is actually a trans allegory so uh basically in an ideal world they were they would have Fuck a beam. matrix that just, just did it exactly <laughs> you, you just get set to like default null gender status and then uh, until you claim an identity you just don't have one yeah yeah secret identities are i mean well i guess secret identities could be a trans allegory pretty easily oh yeah um i mean look at batman that's that's that was a uh, what that's a goth allegory caitlin jenner to <laughs> transition <laughs> is that what happened i thought it was a car exactly crap. what happened it was a car she crap. she drunkenly murdered a man with her car uh read a batman comic went trans that's the order of operations I, I think that's how that happened yep. it's a hell of a realization yeah to each their own hey, that's why bruce wayne's the best hero yeah that's true <laughs> um yeah that was Attack of the Mutant. Viewer beware. I hope you were prepared for that scare. <laughs> we sure won't. Yeah. We're, won't, won't, weren't. <laughs> won't, weren't, weren't. Uh, yeah, that was a hell of an episode. It was uh, It was fun. It was. Uh, it felt very uh, appropriate for our podcast in particular. It, yeah. it had a lot of similarities and a lot of um, through lines, mm-hmm. um, similar uh, better props and sets and all and effects and stuff because it's goosebumps they had a bigger budget obviously yeah. um it was also a fox kid show but it wasn't a saban production mm-hmm. so they actually gave a shit <laughs> well no see this was made out of a proof of concept and not actually just stealing and manipulating the stuff yeah. you were using <laughs> um we will real quick because neither of us read the book of this mm-hmm. one it's one of the few episodes um of the show that isn't based on a book that we were or that is based on a book that we have not read um so that i mean the shit. differences are like Skipper's friend Wilson collects uh, rocks in the show, but stamps in the book. Um, his sister's not in the book. Uh, Libby's a blonde. I guess she's not a blonde in the book. She's a, a brunette, maybe. Um, the Magnificent Mo- Molecule Man isn't mentioned in the show. Which is probably safe because if Marvel's in the indicator, anybody named Mom- Molecule Man is probably a little too OP. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Mutant doesn't turn himself into a leopard after he trips the gazelle up. That would have been a fun... That would have been badass. That would have made a lot of sense. Uh, the ending of the episode's slightly altered. Instead of seeing Skipper assuming... Uh, he has returned to his normal life and finding out he's still a comic book character after bleeding out different colored ink. Um, ble- bleeding is an interesting way of phrasing that. Yeah. Um, a- oh, after cutting his hand. I don't remember that being the reason he had ink on it him, wasn't but okay. Um, we instead see... Oh, okay. So he, he's bleeding this out. That's weird. in the book. Okay. Yeah. We instead see uh, he does become the colossal elastic boy after his arm stretches and snaps back to him in the kitchen and his mother's shock. Um, okay. So I guess in the in the, in the book... <laughs> He realizes he's still a comic book character when he accidentally cuts himself and he bleeds ink. Okay, that's clever. Um, that's a, that would be more shocking than what we got. What we right. got was very bombastic. I don't think um, they're allowed to show kids getting wounds. No, like yeah, that. I think there was a specific like they're not actually allowed to show any of the kids getting hurt. Because I remember like we talked about before, there's that one episode 
that name escapes me where the kids are all on a campsite and they think mm-hmm. there's this monster, but it turns out to be an animatronic. And I re- distinctly remember they never actually show a kid getting hurt. And yeah. that ends up being a plot point in the whole thing. But it's also like they can't show a kid mm-hmm. getting like eaten by a bear or whatever. They have to like insinuate it. Yeah, even in a deep trouble where they're, like, assaulted by weird uh, amalgam fishmen, uh, some of which, like, shoot things at them. Uh, I I don't think even then any of them get, like, actual injuries. No, you would see, like, an attack coming and then the kids scream and then cut to the next mm-hmm. scene or something it's which i mean is the way they used to do it in the classic horror movies so right. it's it's a it's a trope as well it's it's not just a cop out uh in the book skipper's dad is described as being big and broad <laughs> television version skipper's dad is a stereotypical nerd uh skipper doesn't go to libby's house that's probably safe uh the mutant's creator is named ernie atwater i guess that's different in the book that's um not this is not a good way of naming differences you yeah. can't just say the creator's name is Ernie Atwater. Yeah. You have to also say what his name is in the book or if he just does isn't I, given like, a name. Yeah, I'm assuming that that just means he was never named in the book. Yeah. Um, also in the book, Skipper lives in Riverview Falls. Uh, in the episode, the town's name is Tarrington uh, or Tarrington. Um, I don't know why that... Uh, I don't know why that change was made unless right. Riverview Falls maybe is um, a different thing holy shit there's a lot of trivia i don't think any Jesus. of it matters um it well, was adapted it's the only one to star adam west <laughs> yeah apparently it was it was adapt okay so it was adapted into goosebumps presents book 12 so yeah, maybe that's, it, that's just one of those three part like, like oh, they okay. showed the cover right above it where it's just yeah a bunch of that one. Oh, got you got you three okay. different books into one okay um this episode's the only a goof episode in the tire a goof a goof and a gaff the masked mutant is seen on top of the bus in one scene, but Libby, later revealed to be the masked mutant of the eyes, is sitting right next to Skipper on the bus in the next. I assumed that was how he got on, how she got yeah. on the bus. We talked about that yeah. a little bit. I assumed he like slipped through into the bus when he jumped on top and then was Libby. Um, that doesn't feel like a goof. That feels yeah. intentional. Oh, you another just... goof, though. Skipper spots the masked mutant's headquarters the first time he goes past. He then goes to the next day and it's vanished. He then goes back a third time and, it's, and they're not there he says, how can it be? It was right there yesterday, although it was not. So no, was an, I, I think the first time he goes back, he says it was right there yesterday. Yeah. That Yeah, this just seems like some of the goofs on here are just some dude wrote it. And, oh, somebody should do a podcast episode on this and correct all that. Yeah, <laughs> I do. I do appreciate that even the Goosebumps wiki, which I feel like is, I mean, is oh. obviously way more fleshed out than the Beetleborgs wiki still has a bunch of fuck ups. Uh, Scott Wickware, who played the masked mutant, uh, also played the haunted mask in the haunted mask Two, and a hard hat worker in welcome to dead house. Oh, okay. Both from season two. So he was just, yeah, he was a dude on, uh, on call for season two. Well, that's cool. And, uh, the kid who played skipper Matthews, Dan Wary Smith played Seth gold in season three's click. Huh? Uh, another goof in here. Let's see if it's actually a goof. In the scene where Skipper is trying to find the Mask Mutant's headquarters, the cover of Mask Mutant comic he's holding <laughs> peels back a bit, revealing cover of Punisher comic. Okay, so that's a very Beetleborgs uh-huh. adjacent move. I was Just wondering pasting. what comics they were using yeah. for this. Uh, Ernie Atwater's last name is likely a reference to series producer Martha Atwater. Well, that's cool. Um, yeah, that's really... There's not really any other trivia bits that seem all mm-hmm. of that interesting. Um some internationally dubbed versions did not have laughter 
in the huh. scenes where they walk into the headquarters. Specifically the German one. Yeah. <laughs> it was dubbed by a different actor. Very weird. Yeah, the rest of the trivia is just like some scenes were used in other episodes or some uh, uh, locations were used in other episodes. Um, this is the only episode of the of the entire TV series. I have a notable guest star um, featuring Adam West, of course. Um, but he would reprise that role in the PC game. That's fun. Um, I don't think he ever turned down a role. <laughs> no, he's one of those actors that I think just like. I mean, he probably didn't have he probably didn't really have to do anything after the 60s Batman series, because mm-hmm. um, I think he actually got a pretty good deal from that show. Unlike most, uh, you know, we're used to Saban. Do you we're expect- used to Saban shows. So like, what do you expect from millionaire playboy Bruce Wayne? <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Uh, that's really all there is for this episode. Mm-hmm. I really appreciated it. Um, I thought it was really fun. It was uh, Goosebumps episodes are called, always kind of an easy watch. They're. They're not like ever really hard to get through. Yeah. Unlike some episodes of, of our show <laughs> and uh, and various even even other things we try to watch. Like if we had tried to watch another Saban show, it would have been a pain in the ass. Yeah. Um, as much as it, as much fun as it is to watch them, mm-hmm. uh, it's not necessarily enjoyable all of the time. And and this was this was enjoyable. And uh, and a, a totally perfect Halloween episode, I think. Yeah. So. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you guys for holding out on the little hiatus that we had. I apologize. I, I've been swamped with work. Uh, everybody's been kind of off and on busyness of figuring out job stuff. And uh, and of course, only one of the two of us have figured out how to come back from the dead. <laughs> and with that, I've been Cam. <laughs> and I've been a ghoul. And we've been the Big Bad Beater Boys. Support this podcast and subscribe to us on YouTube at Big Bad Beetle Bros.